I'm Carolyn. And I'm Bethany. And we are the Jerton Song. I think I forgot to say hello, but hello, I'm Carolyn. Um, so we have a guest tonight. We have Dan Blotnick, who has been called the Americana Voice of Westchester County, New York, because his joyous, warm energy emanates through his songs and performances. His sound is like the multi-generational family photo hanging on the wall, and his lyrics are like the stories you share with your best friends after a hearty home-cooked meal. Whether it's a spin of his latest release, an unplugged solo acoustic house concert, a full band rock show, or something in between, Dan's passion for honest storytelling resonates with everyone who decides to check him out. So welcome to the show, Dan. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. How did you get started in music and songwriting? What, what got you interested in writing your own songs? Well, I was interested in music a lot earlier than I was interested in writing my own songs. I grew up in a house with guitars. My Both my parents play guitar and I kind of was always interested. At first I wanted to play the drums and I think my parents kind of nudged me towards the quieter. But yeah, so, so I remember for my 11th birthday, my parents got me a little guitar and then my dad would come home from work and kind of teach me the basics. So I started learning a lot of classic rock songs. I was a huge Led Zeppelin fan, big Bruce Springsteen fan. I still am for both of those guys. Then when I went to college, I was playing college baseball and I didn't have time to be in a rock band. So I was like, you know what? I should probably, like, I still want to play. Maybe I'll bring an acoustic guitar. I'll do some coffee houses on campus. And I started out doing cover songs and then started kind of working on my own stuff and people liked it and i was like wow this is not as hard as i thought it was to write songs and obviously get better at it but then from there it's just kind of uh, kept going and going and going do you still do anything with baseball or is it all music now yeah i coach baseball i do uh private nice. baseball lessons which is nice because it allows me to kind of keep my crazy music schedule and be nice and flexible and you know i can tell my my clients be like hey i'm not no lessons this week and go on a little <laughs> tour. <laughs> you know, I know yeah, I'm not lost for permission, which is really cool. And, and I love the game. I love playing and I get to hang around it quite a bit now. So it looks like you're coming to us from a studio. Is that right? Yeah, I lucky enough to have a little like home studio office in my house. My wife and I moved into this house about two years ago, almost. I don't know. It's been it's been a couple of years. This was kind of like my dream was to have a little home recording studio. And and this is where I I do all my booking. I do all my editing, my mixing, my all the stuff that I'm learning how to do on the fly. But we're learning the guitar and trying to eventually be able to put music to our lyrics. Yeah. And so it's it's a slow going game, but we're yeah. we're, we're yeah. committed. So well, good for you for having lyrics, because that was the hardest part for me. Was, <laughs> I was always writing music and riffs and you know like the classic rock kind of stuff, and then you'd be like, well, I don't really know much about like the stuff that Led Zeppelin sings about. Like I didn't read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I don't know what to write about. <laughs> Judging from your lyrics now, I think you do know what to write yeah. about. Have you ever written songs for anyone else or collaborated with someone else? Collaboration I have done. One of my friends, Christine Chanel, started a song called Happier and then kind of brought it to me and, and I helped her finish it and we finished it together and, and did that sort of thing. I feel like I'm kind of really bad at collaborating because <laughs> I've, I've always felt that songwriting is so personal. And if you have listened to any of my songs or you know any of my songs, they're all very personal stories with a lot of intricate, intimate details. And so sometimes I feel like if I was to bring this to someone else, that some of that might be lost and it might 
become almost too focused on what the audience might want versus what I wanted to say. That being said, my bass player, Al Hemberger, is a great songwriter himself. And sometimes I'll bring a song to the band and say, hey, this is a song I wrote completely by myself. I'm amazing. I wrote a song. And then he'll say, what if we did this? And what if we did the chorus like this? Or what if we changed this word? And, you know, being open to a trusted collaborator like that has helped me quite a bit with some with some of my songs, some of my more recent songs, too. So tell us a little bit about your band. Who's in the band? Yeah. What instruments do you guys play? What? Um... Yeah, now that you're out of the coffee house on your own, <laughs> yeah. current setup. Most of my gigs are still solo acoustic. The vast majority are. Um, and then I ha we call it the DZB3, which is like the core three of this band. Al Hemberger is the bass player. He's also the one who kind of recorded my first album at his studio, the Loft Recording Studios in Bronxville, which is where like Rihanna did her first album and Rod Stewart has been there and it's really cool. So Al has tons of wisdom. He's an incredible bass player, great backup singer, great lead singer too. And then uh, my drummer is James Marciano, who is, he and I played baseball when we were in like middle school together. And so we we went to high school together. We were in the same high school band called Hot Soup, which was kind of like an alt rock, classic rock, electric guitars sort of thing. And I had written a, a few songs and I was like, you know what? I want to go into the studio. The bartender at one of my gigs knew Al and said, hey, why don't you go down to the Loft Recording Studios? And I said, well, I want to do this with a drummer. So let's call up James. <laughs> and so James <laughs> like, yeah, sure, I'll learn a few songs. And then, so since then in 2016, we have been playing together and then we've added people here and there and people have subbed in and out for all different instruments but it's really me on guitar james on the drums al on the bass and that's kind of the core more recently we've played with john cobert on key keyboards and he used to tour with john lennon he's played with richie havens and bruce springsteen and pete wow. seeger and He's been around and and he's just unbelievable himself too. So any chance that we get to to fit <laughs> into the band, yeah. we'll take it. Yeah. You've yeah. talked a little bit about your writing process. Like you usually do the riffs and do the music first, but do you mm -hmm. do like any sort of prompts or exercises, or do you have like a specific process that you do when you're writing? A lot of it is just observing and kind of going out on a daily basis and going, this is this is my job <laughs> and I want to kind of gather any information that I can. So like my phone is full of notes of random lines here and there. And even today I was texting the band just because we were offered some dates in January for these brunches. And I just said to the band, I said, January Sundays, question mark. And I was like, that kind of sounds like a song. And in like maybe, you know, anywhere from two days to six years, I'll, I might have a song called January Sundays. But yeah, it's, it's this constant, like whether I'm playing guitar or thinking of lyrics or having conversations with people, it's just kind of constant collecting of ideas and then seeing what fits lyrically with musics and back and forth. So that, that's the biggest thing that I would say is my process. Otherwise, I'm just, I'm just trying my best. <laughs> so what do you find is the biggest struggle with songwriting and also what comes easy to you? Biggest struggle for me is definitely not judging what I'm writing as I'm writing it. And that comes out in like, you know, I've, I have these songs where before I can even get a word out, I'm deciding whether it's good or not. A friend of mine, Scott T. Smith, who's an amazing artist himself in Louisville, Kentucky, he's like, Dan, you got to let your songbird out and just kind of like go and sing and whatever comes to mind, sing it. And so that that I've been kind of working on is like, you know, just 
driving in the car or walking around the house, just singing whatever comes to my mind, judgment free. That's got to be my biggest struggle. In terms of one of my strengths, I think one of my strengths is definitely setting a scene. When I think of my songs, a lot of them are, I imagine them as kind of short films. And so imagining what the room is and what the setting is, that has helped me with creating details. And then, you know, I'm, I'm really good with rhymezone.com, making my <laughs> ideas rhyme. But yeah, I think that's my, my thing is always, always thinking, okay, where, where is this story happening? Even if it doesn't necessarily come out in the actual words of the song. So you talked a little bit about learning guitar. Did you ever take any like vocal lessons or, or did you, that just kind of come naturally to you? I have taken some vocal lessons recently, but not like I didn't start taking vocal lessons. I actually just, I, I have a little, or I had a little Zoom recorder that was my first way of creating demos with a drum machine and doing different bass parts and multiple guitar parts. And I would record myself, listen back, and then go, I should do this again. So I just kept practicing that way. And it took a long time for me to feel confident to go out in public and, and sing in, in front of people. And But yeah, it was really this kind of nonstop recording myself, listening back, recording myself, listening back, just to make sure I was hitting notes. And now, now that I'm playing 170 times a year, you know, having someone to help me keep my voice strong throughout the year has, has been a lot of help. It's your, part of your instrument, you know, yeah. you got the guitar is definitely... An instrument you keep tuned up, so you got to do that with your voice too. What so you talked about the other instruments? Do you play the drums on the thing, other instruments that you put down, or did you? I not not the drums. I do play banjo a little bit, and and I've I've included banjo in some of my songs as just a little bit of texture. I'm definitely I wouldn't consider myself a banjo player. Like if I was to show up to a bluegrass jam, that would. Um, <laughs> I've played a bass. I've played bass on a few songs of mine just because I I hear a part so specifically that even Al is kind of like, dude, why don't you just do it yourself? I'll fix it in post production. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then I've done a couple little percussion things here and there, but whenever I can, I try to leave it up to the real professionals in those instruments. What about writer's block? Do you ever get writer's block? What do you do for it? Every day of my life, yeah. It's one of those things where I've gotten better at noticing why I'm having writer's block, and it usually is for me. It's judging whether it's good or bad before it comes out. So when I do that, when I feel that coming on, I say, you know, almost give myself a free write session and say, okay, I need to do five minutes. I don't care what it is. I, I just need to get this song done. And I know like that's how Bob Dylan used to work is like the song comes out in five minutes. If it's any longer than that, it's no good. And so, you know, for me, I've been able to write many songs that I've never released, but at least I've written them. And yep. so that has been kind of helpful is noticing, wow, I'm really just like sitting here not doing anything. Now I need to switch gears and say, instead of writing something good, I just need to write something. Do you write every day? No, no, I mean, I'm in some in some sense, I do probably in terms of collecting ideas or thinking about songs that are, you know, I have probably at any given time, usually three to four songs where I'm like, you know, I'm one line away from finishing it or one idea away from finishing it. And so I'm just constantly thinking about it. Do you have other creative outlets that help with that? I, I do. I think a lot of it comes from... You know, like right now, my wife and I have a six month old. So that's quite a creative process of like figuring that stuff out. I think it's, I think my baseball coaching is pretty creative where I can get out and actually communicate completely different ideas that I've never written songs about into 
someone else's life. And it's nice to be able to do that. I, I used to be kind of more of a drawer or a painter and I haven't done that in a while, but yeah, I definitely feel like my life is creative because every single day I'm creating videos and posters and email blasts and and that sort of thing so i i, I keep the juices flowing you know yeah. I've, I've written a couple of kids songs in the meantime it's, it's it. a different part of my brain i think okay tell us about current projects that you're working on so i have a, a new album coming out called dzb 2023 just a side note dzb 2023 is already out this episode was recorded in the late part of 2023. The album is ready for you to listen to. My favorite happens to be She's a Little Bit. Check it out anywhere you stream music. Which is 23 tracks of live shows from this year. So half oh, of the, well, not half of the songs because it's 23 tracks, but 12 of the songs, I think, or 11 of the songs are from one of our shows that was just the three of us, me, James, and Al, that kind of core DZB3. And then the rest of them are from a show that we had John Cobert on keys, so the DZB4. And I, kind of, I, I love that idea, and I love live albums because it is really this kind of stamp of this is what we sounded like at this moment, at this show. I can think about what was going on at that, you know, leading up to that show, what happened afterwards, all of that stuff. It just feels very, very appropriate to kind of document it. This has been a big year for me, obviously, with a six month old and to see this before and after in these two sets is pretty cool. So we have three questions that we ask everyone that we talk to. Who do you consider to be your influences? My guitar playing number one influence is probably Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. I used to watch DVDs of him playing guitar and I would just try to copy his fingers. That was basically how I learned the, the more intricate parts of playing guitar. So he's definitely one. When I was in college and I started doing these coffee house things, my girlfriend at the time, her brother introduced me to this band called the Avit Brothers. Not to myself, you know what? These guys, first of all, I can sing their songs kind of comfortably. That's fun. And they're not using crazy poetic language. And I, I really love that I can understand at least part of what the song is about on the first listen and i can understand their lyrics and i can hear their voice clearly because that was new to me coming from the classic rock world so that kind of led me into amos lee brandy carlisle john prine and now of course jason isbel as every songwriter i think should say <laughs> as influences and it and again it comes back to these people that can tell a story that feels like an emotional kind of short film within three minutes and you can all you can watch it once and kind of get the gist of it i love that analogy like a short, short film, film like that. yeah mm -hmm. and i always feel like they're the ones that touch your heartstrings with mm -hmm. their stories yes and it's it all comes from that same vein which was relatively new in my life because that that's not the most popular music here in new york and so i found it through you know my girlfriend's brother at the time and it just like totally opened this whole world so i kind of feel like i'm bringing influences from from both worlds and all my music well, and I think people identify too so much with like the actual, the idea of storytelling and, you know, everybody has their own experience, but you can take away from someone else's experience and, and you know, it fits to your life too, which is, which is great. So the second yeah. question that we ask everybody is a little hard. You'll see what I mean. <laughs> Have a favorite lyric or song. What is it and why? And it could be your songs. It could be somebody you just hmm. remember. It could be something old, something new. I think... Stairway to Heaven is the ultimate rock song. I think there's no denying that because you have every piece of, every type of music that you could possibly imagine in that song. Not to mention, it's just like got the greatest guitar solo ever. So that's that's one of my favorites. Um, 
Far From Me by John Prine is coming to mind right now. That's one that you go, okay, there's a little bit of humor in here. There is this honesty. There's the setting. It really, again, like feels like a short film. Um, that's one that I've drawn from. I think it's really well done in terms of how it's written in almost like a parallel each verse has like these parallel lines where, you know, this is what this person's doing. This is what this person's doing. And then the next verse does the same kind of pattern. I just think it's a real masterclass in songwriting. So I'm going to go with those two for now. When, once we hang up, I'll send you probably 50 more. What advice would you give to new songwriters or new musicians? That's a good one. I would say write songs that you want to have in the world. Like I, I started writing songs because I was like, wow, I really like this piece of how Amos Lee did this, but I love the riffs of the Allman Brothers. So let me write a song that kind of puts those two things together because then I don't have to listen to two songs and I have one song. And then and then also just uh, it's the same advice I would give myself now, even after having written quite a few songs, is just to write it and, and judge it later. So th those are two separate processes because otherwise you'll never write anything. It's your turn now to do your shameless plug. Where can we hear your music? Where can we see you live? Where are your, what's your social media, all of that? Well, everything is at danslotnick.com. If you want to find all of my links for my Spotify and all that, it can, you can go to danslotnick.com slash links or just search Dan Zlotnick. You have to use the spelling of Zlotnick with a CK at the end, because if it's just K, you'll find a different Dan Zlotnick, also a musician. But yeah, so at Dan Zlotnick on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. All my shows are listed there. With the baby, I don't know how or when I will be getting out on the road. But if you're in the <laughs> tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, that kind of area, um, come say hi. Well, we would love to have you play a song and um, sure. you can tell us the name of the song and a little bit about it. Sure. So I'm going to play, I'll play I'm Not Leaving, which is one of the songs that I kind of was, you know, not doing much and just kind of looking out into the world to see um, what what came to me. And there was a Facebook post of this person I went to college with who I wasn't even really that close of friends with. And it was her dad who had just recently received a heart transplant and he was uh, I guess he was meeting the mother of the donor and there was this really emotional moment. They had this long conversation talking about what the donor wanted to do and how he wanted to live. And it just really touched me. And I, and this was a song that did come out pretty quickly in a couple minutes. Uh, and I showed it to my wife, Melissa, and she usually has some notes for me. She said, no notes. It's good, but you should probably, um, you should probably check with the family that it's okay that you took their story and did this and I sent it to them and they really liked it. So I've been playing it ever since. And it's called, I'm not leaving. She felt her son's heart beating chest of another man The accident took Jackson Gave his man a second chance She bowed her head a moment From the weight of memory 
thing Jackson told her As he faded soft and sweet I am not leaving you behind
Oh my goodness. <laughs> you got two weepy sisters here. Thank you Thank so you. much for sharing that with us and with our listeners. Oh, my pleasure. For coming and visiting with us today. We really Thank you so much it. for having me. I hope you had your tissues ready for Dan's beautiful song. He's such a poignant storyteller, and you can hear the influences he mentioned in his songs. But more importantly, I think you can hear Dan's unique style. Bethany and I were thrilled to talk with Dan. We also struggle with that inner critic, and we really treasure his knowledge of music and that advice and want to pass that on to our fellow songwriters to just keep working at it, and we will too. Thanks, Dan. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family and post it to your social media and be sure to like rate and review if you're a musician and you want to be interviewed on our podcast please email us at nashville hot chicken music at gmail.com we'll look forward to hearing from you and hope y'all look forward to hearing from us thanks for listening to sisters in song